welcome back everybody to a brand new episode of the movies and brews podcast where we talk movies and we drink some brews i'm jordan and staring me through the screen here is daniel hello hello so today we're kicking off the fall season with a brand new mcu film shang chi and the legend of the ten rings so sit back relax grab a drink and let's talk some martial arts here Cheers. Cheers. Okay. I don't get anything like related to the theme here. I don't know if you really got fear for that, but I got brand new one from Vanish, West Coast IPA. Kind of cool artwork. That looks cool. Yeah, I like that. Van-ish. Van-ish. Yeah, that kind of that's what got my attention was all the cool artwork on it. Van Life. West Coast IPA few more ipas before we start moving into the fall beer nice um i didn't realize i didn't have one so shiloh actually was nice enough and just picked me up beer from the store on our way home but it's just uh, the freem ipa which i think i had maybe i even had this last week but i had it very recently but shiloh was nice enough to get me a beer because i didn't realize i was all out that's a good There's idea a new one from hot valley that i tried this week that i was gonna have on but apparently we drank it all gavin and i whoops oops whoopsie that's okay that's the free my pa which is delicious cool well i'm excited to talk today's film what a great way to kick off the fall that's for sure yeah i've been to a few movies this uh this week but yeah we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit let's nice. go to our first segment and let's talk some movie news any good news i know we got a teaser trailer for a trailer coming out in two days by the time everybody we got a teaser for a trailer but yeah, we got a Matrix 4 teaser trailer, which is super brief. Like, what is like seven seconds long? Yeah, like 15 seconds. Basically just saying this Thursday, which as you guys are hearing this, the trailer premieres. Yeah, Woo-hoo. it'll premiere on 9-9. Yeah, as you're but listening we'll to this. You'll see the first trailer for uh, Matrix Resurrection. Is that what it's called? Yep, Resurrections. Okay. John which Wick I know you've been waiting Matrix for the trailer. World. Hell yeah um yeah not a whole lot of other movie news but um one thing that directly ties into what we're talking about is the shang chi or shang chi shang chi box office was doing so well this week that actually they essentially sony which we weren't sure if they pushed venom back to january or if it was still released on october 15th uh but since uh shang chi did so well over the labor day weekend it essentially was the sign that Sony's like, oh, if the right movie comes out, people will go see it. So they actually moved Venom up to October 1st. So a couple of weeks even sooner, which I, I read that and I'm like, okay, Sony said that people will come to the right movie. I'm like, I don't know if the right movie is Venom 2, but we will see well, two weeks sooner. We didn't see it, but it was hugely popular. Yeah. And we will see it before. I know. So the timetable to actually watch Venom is moved up a little bit, but you know, so that I thought that was kind of interesting that there, yeah, because it did gangbuster. I think Shang Chi made ninety million dollars over the Labor Day weekend, which broke Labor Day weekend records. I guess I don't know. And was that? I know. know I know domestically, it's up to ninety four point six. I think over the weekend, it made seventy five. I think that includes Thursday night viewings all the way through Sunday. I don't know if that includes Monday or not. I know it was a holiday. I I mean, they said Labor Day weekend, so I'm assuming they were including Monday in that too. Okay. Well, seventy five point three million opening weekend. So far, it's made ninety four point six domestically. 
and total worldwide 150 so far so it should uh break even i don't think i don't see this having the kind of second weekend drop that uh black widow had black widow so, just- yeah since this was different because they did not have a simultaneous disney plus release although i guess they said that it will be on disney plus and i don't know if this is going to be premiere access or just regularly since it premiered in theaters but it's going to be on Disney Plus in the next, like, after the next, heard, the first 30 days or something. Okay. I want to say I heard 45 days, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I know the I know the Paramount movies. There's a 45 day in between when they release them to when they show up on HBO Max or Paramount Plus, I should say. So okay. it might be 45 days. I just heard it would be about a month. Okay. But yeah, so, I, I still, I don't see this having a, a drop like Black Widow did. I think people are, this is more being well received i mean i've been telling people to check it out that i've seen since we saw it same yeah, yeah. so i yeah. thought that was interesting that just kind of tied into so, we were talking about. i didn't really I. see any other news no other news out there yeah it's kind of i think it was kind of a slow week well i guess we're on the lego there's a new guitar coming out lego fender jordan <laughs> we can't keep talking about lego <laughs> i can <laughs> Uh, looks awesome. Hey, it looks like something Marty McFly played in Back to the Future. See, just brought yeah. it back to movies. Boom. So loosely. <laughs> so loosely. Well, if you want to talk movies and Lego, I'm looking forward to the tumblers coming out. Yes, that looks very cool from Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. Hell yeah. Looks awesome. All right. Well, yeah, let's move on here. Other things we saw this week. So I've got one I'll talk about. I, I actually got to the theater a couple times this week. We saw, obviously, Shang-Chi. I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark on the big screen this week. That was amazing. As well as I went and saw Suicide Squad again. Okay, nice, nice. Did a nice little double feature there with a friend yesterday. He hadn't seen Raiders in probably 20 years, and he said he forgot so much that I was pretty much watching a brand new movie him, and he hadn't seen the new suicide squad yet so yeah it was a fun fun time with the movies yesterday uh the one i'm going to talk about though is a little doc i saw on hulu called kid 90 have you heard of this one i have not so i thought it was supposed to follow around like child actors like just go into like 90s child actors you know like full house cast maybe 90210 cast all those like you know family matters all those family sitcoms and the cast of them so this this whole thing revolves around actress Sully Moonfry. She actually is the one that directed it. At seven years old, I was cast as Punky Brewster. I remember Saved by the Bell director saying, the minute you walk onto the stage, you're no longer a child anymore, you're an adult. Did you miss me? There were 12 kids in the business. We all knew everyone. We would talk for two, three hours and fall asleep on the phone. We were just so close. I carried a camera with me everywhere I went. We weren't concerned about the internet. We did the things that teenagers did. We just happened to be in Hollywood. What what was kind of cool about this that made this documentary kind of cool is she, all her life, kept journals and even like would carry around a video camera everywhere she went with friends and captured a lot of just um kids hanging out back in the day you see there are a lot of cameos in this uh, you see people like zach morris kevin Connolly, who everyone probably knows him from entourage he's e yeah at one point you see uh a really young leonardo dicaprio uh but yeah anyway 
fun little doc though just showing the life of a you know late 80s early 90s actress but yeah it's mostly her life through the 90s is where we're kind of focused on hint kid 90 oh brian awesome green was another one that you see quite a bit of footage of like you see interviews with him but yeah it was it's only an hour and 10 minutes and it was definitely worth a watch i, I enjoyed it and it's streaming right now on hulu nice but yeah kid 90 oh david arquette was another one too yeah steve nice. Dwarf, david arquette definitely it was kind of cool that just you know i mean some crazy stuff that i just never knew about because i didn't really know who she was uh yeah she at like age 12 13 developed ginormous titties and and end up getting a reduction i think when she was 15 because they're just too massive <laughs> she also had uh she was in one episode of the wonder years that i totally forgot about i know what episode they showed like a brief clip of her in the episode so i immediately knew what episode but yeah fun doc though very interesting some tragedy in it but good stuff okay well sounds interesting what about you daniel well i <laughs> Over this long weekend, I didn't realize how I did something every day this weekend, but I didn't watch any other movies besides Shang-Chi. But I did, I did want to mention, we started playing, um, and this game actually came out last October, but I hadn't gotten around to it. But there's this uh, game studio that makes these essentially interactive horror movies. They're called like Dark Dark Picture Anthology. Mm -hmm. And the one we were listening to was, uh, or not listening to, playing was uh, based around like almost like a Salem witch trials s like past and present. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I just thought it was kind of cool because I'm like, yeah, it's September, so we started getting to spooky season. So I just thought I'd mention that we played through this really cool horror game, which is about four or five hours for the whole story. So it's essentially just a longer movie, uh, but it's a bit more interactive, and you can actually have the possibility of having all of your characters survive. Um, Shiloh and I did not because we got to the started the third act with all of our characters intact we're like fuck yeah we're doing great immediately got two of them killed on accident (laughs) so but it's called uh the one we're playing is called Little Hope but it's it was really cool it's very like the way they're played like there's just cutscene like they're very much like more akin to movies than games they're more interactive movies than anything else is this an app on the phone or you go to it's a, well they're play, they're like xbox and playstation games okay but they're really cool i mean they usually have some big talent i forget the guy's name who was the big talent for this one i know ashley tisdale is going to be in the next one and they all have like whatever ta- i forgot what it's called but like how they design their faces look like the characters that are in it uh for the i mean like in the first game they had rami malik playing one of the characters and it looked exactly like him oh cool you know i'm trying to think who the kid is from we are the millers the uh the nerdy guy kid but anyway but like he's the guy millers or mitchells we are the millers okay but um you know, he plays one of the main characters in it. And so they, it looks like the actors that they're portraying, which is cool, uh, makes it a little bit more cinematic. But overall, like, it's been a good time. We had, like, it was a great time. We enjoyed it. Four or five hours long, like, essentially, like, a really long horror movie. And it's a really fun thing to do, especially on, like, just, uh, it's a good thing that you could, if you have enough time, like, it's easy enough to do in just one sitting. That sounds it sounds fun. 
Yeah. So I'd say if you're into horror movies or if you have, you know, especially great thing because they design the games because it switches between characters. Like you have like a group of five people that you're individually switching through. And when they design it for Couch Cope that you can assign different characters to different people. So when it's somebody else's turn, it'll just say, oh, it's Shiloh's turn to play. And it's really fun. Definitely worth a try if you're into that sort of thing or if you just like horror movies. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Yeah. I just thought I'd mention that because I didn't get to any other movies this week. But hey, that was all fun. right. Yeah, the reason I even heard about the uh, documentary, or you know, I'd heard about it, but what made me sit down and watch it is that uh, she was a guest on uh, Victory the Podcast that she was just on the happened to be on the next episode to listen to. Talked about this documentary, and I'm like, you know, I think it's finally time I went and checked that one out because I'd been sitting like in my watch list for a while. But yeah, ended up nice checking it out. Well, awesome. All righty, well. I think that's it for other stuff we saw this week let's move on to our main movie on tap and let's get into shang chi and the legend of the ten rings throughout my life the ten rings gave our family power if you want them to be yours one day you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them what were your initial thoughts on this movie going in? Were you excited about it? Uh, were you familiar with the character beforehand? And uh, were your expectations met, let down? Well, um, yeah, going into it, I, I was like, I when the trailer when the trailer came out, I'm like, okay, that looks like a fun, action packed like Marvel movie. Um, so I was looking forward to that, and honestly, like. You know, we talked about this a little bit, like when we actually saw the movie, because we saw it together. But like, I mean, I I knew who like Thor and Iron Man was when the MCU started, you know, and you know, you knew most people knew um those characters, or at least some people have heard of them, mm-hmm. you know. But like things like some of the best, like my favorite Marvel movies were like Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, yeah, also a really good movie. Characters, I had no idea who they were. And I just saw it because it was part of the MCU. And then I'm like, holy shit, this movie is awesome. So, and especially since we've gone so far with like the original cast, I'm like, okay, we did Endgame. That is, even if some of these characters are still around after Endgame in the MCU, I'm like, okay, I feel like, we got the whole go around with the original crew. So yeah, I would definitely, especially since like we had almost what 2008 was the first one. So over a decade of this main cast characters with adding new ones in throughout too. Mm-hmm. But so I'm more excited to see new characters at this point. Like, yeah, I would love, I'm excited for the new Thor movie, but I'm more excited to see new characters, especially ones that I'd never heard of like Shang-Chi never heard of him and when doing research like watching like a comic book uh breakdown youtube videos and then mentioning how enter the dragon directly influenced the creator who's just like well we want to do that in our comics so that's how shang chi came about so i thought that was a cool little like connection that we did from last week to this week but it's just like i'm more excited to see new characters now and i was I've really enjoyed the movie overall going in. Like, I don't know where I put my expectations. I was excited, but again, Marvel movies, like 
they're usually pretty solid, but you also have like a certain set expectation. Like this should just be fun. And it was fun. And the action was actually better than I thought it was going to be, especially the initial like bus, like the first big fight set piece. I thought that drew me in and locked me in for the rest of the movie. So I'm like, holy shit. After that first, uh, after that first fight scene, I was just like, I was hyped. I was like, oh my God, that was actually everything that I wanted to see in a movie like this. And mm-hmm. for it to be li- delivered on so soon, I was stoked. But yeah, I mean, that those are my initial thoughts. I wonder how long it took to f- uh, film that scene on the bus. That must have taken weeks, I feel like, to get all of it right. So yeah, going in, I again, pretty much like you were saying, I knew nothing about this character, never even heard of him until they were talking about him and being in the MCU and trailer dropped. And the trailer pulled me in pretty good. I'm like, okay, that could be different. I'm all for a good kung fu film. Why not have some characters, you know, kung fu characters in the MCU? Hell yeah, why not? So yeah, I wasn't like super hyped to see it, but yeah, my expectations were they were a good medium. I'm like, yeah, that looks fun. Let's let's see what happens. And yeah, I was not let down whatsoever. I had a good time. I loved all the characters, and I actually kind of liked that it didn't just revolve around Shang Chi's character, and that it actually revolved more around a family. I liked that quite a bit. Uh, all the side characters, for the most part, I thought were great. Great fight choreography. A lot of just good visual, stunning um, images in this. Uh, also love the score. I thought that was really good. But yeah, yeah, it was I, a bit I, more like a bit more like hip hoppy than I thought it was going to be. Like it felt a little bit like some of the fight scenes kind of felt more like it would that music would be playing during uh, during like Black Panther. Or something like that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, good music, and yeah, overall, I think the journey start to finish. I thought it was a, it was real fun to go along and learn things along with the characters. Um, what else am I gonna say? My initial thoughts here. I guess overall, I had a good time. You're satisfied with the experience. I was satisfied. I wasn't disappointed at all. And I mean, off the uh, right off the bat, I liked this better than Black Widow from a couple months ago. I mean, in that same, but Black Widow just suffers from the fact is like characters are already dead in the in the continuity, so you kind of have to make it small impact. Well, this definitely obviously felt like it had a way larger impact. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, I guess. Like they definitely like through just like Marvel continuity, like connected to the bigger MCU. But this could have also served as like just like a really easy, like self-contained story, because it doesn't involve any any other avengers or anything like that yeah and it and it was well, this is what i liked about it It was a movie in and of its own yes we had a couple reminders here and there that it's a part of the mcu but overall this was a very good standalone on its own movie and it could have been in some ways a little boring for an origin story but it wasn't at all i mean it worked we got some good flashbacks and i think they dropped the flashbacks in at the appropriate times too and they didn't overstay their welcome for the most part i would say there's only one flashback i kind of had an issue with it was more stuff that happened in that flashback but otherwise yeah i thought the flashbacks showing him and his sister's kids were great um the parents and their meeting what that was one thing i really enjoyed about it too is again we didn't just follow shang chi around we got to know some of these other characters the, like the flashbacks with his parents meeting i love that so much that actually might have yeah. been one of my favorite fights. I know a lot of people are liking that bus scene. I really enjoyed that fight between 
his the parents and they're when they first met just the whole setting with like the bamboo forest all around them and just the beautiful waterfalls and just everything was just so beautiful and what i liked about this movie too is for a lot of the fighting it wasn't you know i'm throwing a punch and then we're gonna quick cut to this quick cut to this quick cut to this quick it kind of let some of the fighting and choreography breathe a little bit but it wasn't like one second shot one second shot one second shot one second shot kind of action where you just kind of get lost in the action of what's going on yeah and that's definitely to the detriment of like what most of the mcu does like the only real good fight scenes i feel like are in shang chi and then i feel like the only thing that has like comparable fighting as far as like better choreography and like letting the fight scenes actually happen are in winter soldier and that's obviously one of the reasons why both of us really like that movie too totally agree well and that is one of the things that i loved so much about winter soldier was the hand-to-hand combat how they would how they would choreograph the fight scenes in that which is also because i want to see more of that too especially because i would say shang chi or shang chi you know (laughs) is more street level like he's not a galactic protector mm-hmm. you know he's a kung fu master or i mean they don't even call him that but you know he's very capable martial artist and you know it really reminds me I'm like man like i want to see like i know it's the mcu so it feels too big but that's why i loved daredevil on netflix it still technically was connected but like the fight scenes for being a street level, the fight scenes were where they really put the effort into. And I hope for even like a sequel because I love the set pieces for the big fights in this movie. They're very interesting and had a lot of cool aspects to them, um, which definitely drove the action, which I loved. And I just imagine like if they let a sequel, like just really focus down on more like, choreographed fight scenes like that would just like blow me away like even more than this yeah even if it's not like kung fu or other forms of that nature i would love to get just better choreographed fights so much would be so appreciated i mean i i I think yeah winter soldier we talked about i think civil war had some pretty good stuff going for that too but yeah i want yeah i just want just better choreographed stuff more hand-to-hand combat less More, quick cuts yeah less quick cuts for sure but yeah just a really well-made movie i think would say overall the tone was good it it didn't feel as cookie cutter as some of these other marvel films tend to feel sometimes mm-hmm. a little little less cookie cutter and this was a positive to me it felt like a lot less on the marvel forced humor side there was still some of that and we had our main character that's the one supposed to be the funny one aquafina's character katie supposed to be the funny one and honestly she didn't get as annoying as i thought she'd get i thought by the end of the movie i'd be like all right get this girl out of here but yeah i know you you they always have like your little fun quirky sidekick especially like now not so much in the earlier days but definitely now but honestly like i was actually like maybe it's just because they let the director do more of what they wanted to do like or maybe there was a little less interference just trying to make this movie more authentic because that was kind of like Marvel's big push for like new heroes, like just make, you know, I almost like they kind of foreshadowed that they kind of try, like we're never going to go back to like indie directors making fucking Marvel movies, like in the first phase, how they did it. But like, I feel like they're trying to at least like make them a little bit more interesting now uh, again. So I definitely, it feels less cookie. I feel like doesn't stray too far off of the Marvel method, 
but it does feel a little bit more of a breath of fresh air for the MCU. Yeah. Which is oh, great. Totally. And honestly, like, like I said, we, we haven't even really talked about the story centering around like, yeah, Shang-Chi and well, it's the legend of the 10 rings, which we also saw the 10 rings first got introduced in Iron Man in 2008. And did we? Yeah. That was the terrorist organization. Okay. So, but that's, and they even mentioned that in that movie, how they kind of, sorry, I thought you meant the physical rings themselves. No, no. Like the organization essentially branded themselves Mm -hmm. under that. Cause the Mandarin was an old Iron Man villain, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we didn't get the Mandarin until Iron Man three, where they do the, the bait and switch with the actor playing him, Trevor, (laughs) you know, but they actually, (laughs) I know it's not a popular opinion, but still a fan of that. They got me. <laughs> I mean, well, but, they got everybody. It's whether you're happy with it or not. <laughs> true. And I didn't realize it until cl- getting closer to Shang-Chi that there are these Marvel's one shot, which are like little shorts that are like eight minutes long that show little scenes that are technically canon to the MCU. And one of them is called All Hail the King mm-hmm. that takes place in a prison. Uh, but it shows Trevor talk about like in prison after Iron Man 3 talking about that the real Mandarin's actually still out there. <laughs> so, and then they finally, technically, they bring him, like, the real Mandarin is Shang-Chi's dad, which, you know, because the whole story is Shang-Chi ran away from, like, essentially um, the Ten Rings, like, organization, which almost, like, really made me think of, uh, the best way I can describe it for people who don't, if this Ten Rings, I don't know, what was it? The League of Shadows from like Batman Begins very much feels like that type of organization where they mm-hmm. like they change world events, they move along the tickers, like they go and assassinate people they need to to get their agendas pushed through and to, to gain more and more power. Mm-hmm. So I like that aspect of it. I always just seems cool. Like I love it in Batman. I love it in the MCU. I think it just that's a concept that I just enjoy. I like um, the openings and all the flashbacks that we got with his father and just where, the, yeah, we kind of were brought up to speed of what the, those rings can do and the kind of power you can wield with them. I loved all that. You know, the narration by the mother, I thought that was great. Just great sequence leading up to the point where the parents meet. Again, all that was just awesome. Which, again, that's one of the highlights for this, for this movie. It really, like, especially just like, it's in, it's cool that they, leaned more into like uh, Chinese mythology, which we hadn't seen the MCU at all. But that's one of the things that they actually were very good about in the, like towards the beginning of the MCU. Like, I don't know, I, as far as like how wacky and crazy and how far expanding the Marvel universe can go, we've hardly seen it pushed super, super far in the MCU. So I would, I mean, I'm a huge fan of mythology, like all different kinds. I don't know a lot of Chinese mythology, though, which also made it more exciting to see that really premiere in here. Mm-hmm. But I love just like, I mean, like Thor's North mythology, obviously, but even like in the first Captain America, they lean into like the mythology of like the Nazis and how they were like, were obsessed with the occult and trying to find mythological objects and stuff, which is true. Um, so I just, I just saw Raiders last night saying, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Wait, quick, quick sideline about that movie. I love how that could have easily been a movie about explorers and things like that. But I love the tie into World War II. And yeah, the Nazis trying to just whatever they can get their hands on to try to win this war. 
Exactly. I mean, mythology makes things super cool, super interesting. Plus, you can take fantastical creatures and, you know, put them in there. But uh, so I would love to see more mythology come through in the MCU, especially for more of their like lesser known characters where it doesn't matter. Like there's no really established canon for them, at least for live action. Like I'm, I know there's got to be more. Um, I don't know any specific. I'm not thinking of any one thing in particular, I guess. But I love it when they lean more into mythology and they like full on lean into uh, Eastern mythology with like these hidden villages that are only accessible like through mystical ways or like, you know, and I just I that stuff just really works for me. And it was all showcased in this movie. And I really, really love that aspect, mm-hmm. especially again with uh, mythology that I'm really not well versed in. Right. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it it was just a visual spectacle. I, re- I really enjoyed it. Even the, a lot of the CGI stuff, I will, we'll talk about the end where it gets a little heavy in the CGI, but a lot of the CGI felt very clean, and which was nice. Didn't feel like I was watching nonstop CGI, which I appreciate. Yeah. Appreciate that a lot, but um, even though we still know that it's still full of it all cgi but it's grounded cgi versus fantastical cgi right yeah uh let's talk i guess a couple favorite scenes Uh, one of my well so i did like the character's introduction you know we we figure out that he ran away he was supposed to go kill you know go on a mission kill somebody he decided not to ran away from home and we catch up to him and his friend katie they work as valets they just like to you know go to work go have fun afterwards and that's just kind of what they're doing right now yeah we meet her family but yeah we, we kind of just yeah see their friendship and their connection and kind of get their backstory briefly and how they met and things like that and yeah the bus is obviously where things really start taking off that's where we first see him fight for the that's where we're seeing fight for the first time that's the first time she sees him fight katie sees him fight He's like what the hell where did where did you learn this I thought her reaction to him fighting was great i thought <laughs> But yeah, that's no, a great I, sequence. It was it honestly was an amazing sequence. Like I said, like that is really my favorite sequence in the entire movie. What what I like too is it paid a lot of homage to old Jackie Chan films. Like I'm in this environment, I'm just gonna use everything around this environment to kick your ass. You know, that was actually one thing I didn't necessarily think about that during the uh the bus fight scene, but the the fight scene at the you know when we move farther along in the movie on like the scaffolding outside of a building mm-hmm. it really felt like that's when i was really like oh man it kind of reminds me of jackie chan because he's like kicking up boards and like re- you know just like doing more with the environment to use the environment as a weapon and i'm like that to- as soon as i saw that i'm like that totally just reminds me of all these jackie chan movies i used to watch when i was a kid yeah. where he's like you know kick boards and pe- like just do all this fun stuff but like still like using the environment to your advantage and using it as a weapon well, that's how i felt about the bus him just yeah flipping around the walls of the bus outside the window back inside the bus top of the bus just all over the bus that's i the whole sequence i thought was great one of my favorite parts is when he grabbed the girl's laptop just to have it sliced in half and hands it back to her like oh sorry i mean that was hilarious especially because right before that scene breaks out they're just like look at that girl she's writing a like her thesis paper on a bus and then he picks up the laptop and you just hear like no 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 it just gets sliced in half hands it back she's like sorry 
Hope the hard like, drive's still intact. Oh yeah, I'm like, hope your hard drive's fine. Hope so, you saved it. Like I don't. I mean, I would just take it to my professor. I'm like, ah, superhero bullshit. Just throw yeah. it down. They're like, well, we live in the MCU, so yeah, all right. I can we'll see give that happen. Extension. Yeah, but I yeah, I still thought overall very well choreographed stuff. That scene was just fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I guess we move on from there. He's like, well, something I got to tell you. You know. It's, my name's not Sean. I, I love their talk on the bus, or excuse me, on the airplane. Like, wait. even his like actual backstory. I mm-hmm. thought that was actually very fun and a little bit subversive in how it was happening. Because I'm like, this is when I was watching the cuts, like the flashback on the plane. I was just watching. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna watch this movie a lot when it comes out. Like, it it's a very rewatchable movie. I just like enjoyed it. A ton. and it just again helps because it feels more standalone spoiler you can just pop it on you know but i love that flashback to like him training as a child like because you know his dad is the mandarin or you know the leader of the 10 rings because his dad's a thousand years old he's had these rings which grant him immortality but when he met his which we didn't mention that when they met when his mom and him met he gave that up to raise a family. And then we find out, which they make that apparent at the very beginning, the whole reason he ran away, or one of the reasons he ran away is because his mother died. And his father essentially reverted, like, he was essentially redeeming his soul with his family, but once his wife was murdered, it just reverted to, like, fuck that. I'm the, I'm the Mandarin. I'm the leader of the Ten Rings. How dare you come after me like that and my family? And just completely goes nuclear which I got to say, this is the villain. Well, is technically the villain of the story is a very sympathetic and you can under you. He's very relatable. I, I got to say, this is probably one of the better villains they, they've had in the in a Marvel movie for a very long time. I, I don't know if he's as agree. good as Loki, but I would say you could put him pretty close up there because i thought it was a great villain you understood his methods you understood why he was doing what he was doing it was very fleshed out like it wasn't just like i'm evil and that's why and i thought that's what they were going to especially after the beginning of the movie well even his motivation for the uh cave you know i don't know if that's spoiler yet oh we, we we can mention that a little bit but i mean like yeah his motivation like you understand it all the way up to the point till the the entire end game of the movie all the way to the end yes and i appreciated that quite a bit and it was yeah well well grounded characters well or well uh, well fleshed out characters what i'm trying to say uh, again it's not just about shang chi you got his parents his sister which we haven't talked about his sister yet well that's one, of, well that's one of my whole favorite scenes we'll get into that in a second here when we meet her um but yeah, you've got all these great characters, this great family, you know, them separated for a while, coming back together. And it's just, it's, I loved it. I just thought it was a really fun story. But yeah, at least one of my favorite scenes is when we go to his, he's go to, after the whole bus fiasco. Yeah, because it. the people who are after him on the bus are, who work for his dad, are trying to get a pendant yeah. that his mother gave him. Yeah. And so he's like, well, we got to go save my sister. And of course, Katie, I'm going with you. Like, okay, here, here she comes. Here she comes. <laughs> it worked, though. It worked, though. Yeah, she was one of those characters I thought would for sure would like, we're having a good drama, intense moment, and she was going to ruin it with a joke. 
I kept waiting well, for like a- bad jokes to arrive and then they wouldn't. So I was like, oh, thank you. I know. I mean, one, the jokes in this actually were funny. I thought they were, for the most part, most of them landed for having like a wacky side, like, oh, this is my sidekick, you know, but all because she was actually like her jokes and mannerisms were actually pretty funny throughout. And honestly, when he was being super serious, she wasn't like cracking jokes for the most part. She was like, oh, well, you you already told like she was responding with a serious tone when he was Uh, telling her something serious. She said she didn't just say oh that fucking sucks yeah she's like oh wow I'm well, that, so and sorry. that's like, that's the kind of dumb humor i kept waiting for and thank god it never came because i kept waiting for her to drop just dumb lines like that well that sucks <laughs> well, what are you gonna do yeah like oh uh, you're yeah. like i was waiting for like oh your dad killed thousands of people yeah my dad just it wasn't around when i was a kid so i can totally understand what you're talking about like yeah, you wait for stuff like that but honestly like yeah when he was being super serious with her she was responded my, i think my favorite jokes that she told her on the airplane when she was making fun of him like wait you're not your real name is not sean it's shong you went from sean to shong like that's your undercover name like now if you're gonna go undercover you got to pick a better name <laughs> i think the party part was like hi i'm gina but my undercover name is gina yeah <laughs> i like what i also thought was like oh i'm 15 i'm like well that would work if you were 15, but you were trained by like a league of assassins. I think you'd be smart enough to change your name a lot more. But then again, it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, the guy, his dad literally says like, I always know where you guys are. I gave you 10 years. Now you're, you have to come back to the family. Mm-hmm. You got stuff to do. You have destiny. Yeah, which also like one of the underlying themes is like finding purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Because they're kind of like burnouts, just like kind of doing whatever the fuck that. I mean, for Sean, totally makes sense. If you, because, you know, part of his backstory is like after his mom died, his dad became a cold person again and just trained him from the age of like eight or nine to be like a ruthless killer day in and day out. Mm -hmm. So when you run away from that and all you want to do is drink at a bar and fucking valet, I'd be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Why would you like, why would you want to like, do anything except for trying to enjoy yourself because of all the fucked up things you've already seen and done in your life. Well, that's the thing. It's like he was forced to grow up very quick. So, I mean, one of my favorite flashbacks too. speaking of growing up quick is when his, this is all spoilers though. So, I mean, we, hey, we'll go into spoilers here in a second. We yeah. should. Ju- yeah. Let's just, I mean, we just should. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, as you can tell from our excitement, so far we're really liking this movie. If you haven't watched it yet, pause, go check it out, then come back and unpause. So spoilers in three, two, one. Spoilers. Spoilers. But was the, the anyway, the scene where his father goes to avenge the mother and takes him to that, like, I don't know, not club, but Bar. It was just some like you know like Game front room. where like they were all just hanging out in the back of a restaurant. That scene I thought was just great, but yeah, he's at like age eight, just sitting there just watching all this go down, watching his dad just kick the shit slash kill all these people. To... So I liked the scene that led up to that was the mother getting killed. I liked it and I didn't like it. And here here's why I didn't like it because so. This gang comes up. I forget the name of the gang. Iron Fist or something like that, or Iron something. So Iron something. This gang comes up, 
or maybe it's just the Iron Gang. I don't know. But this gang comes up, you know, your husband did this to us years ago. She's like, well, he's not that person anymore. Too bad. You're going to pay anyway, which, yeah, I, totally understandable. It still goes down in like a hand-to-hand. We don't see it really, but it still goes down in a hand-to-hand combat. I figured they would have just pulled a gun out. I get, I like that they spared the kids. And like, all right, well, the, the kids, you know, she begged for the kid's life. And they're like, okay, fine. Send the kids away. But we're still going to, you know, there's going to be bloodshed tonight. You, you tell me they don't carry guns. This gang doesn't go around with guns. I mean, but the thing is, it's a Kung Fu movie. I know, but I just feel like this gang would have just come in. and. But I guess the thing that bothered me the most, though, was like, you'd think being as powerful as he was, he'd have some better security. These guys literally just walked in. Well, it was also because for, I mean, I think they did a decent enough job. They were like, yeah, like I was this person for so, I was like feared for so long that no one dared come up to me. But since I've been like trying to just like live a different life, you know, that they like now just think I've gone soft. I see. Well, I, I still think of this. Well, he'd have security outside of the gates. <laughs> I yeah. Know. I mean, it's all for plot's sake, but also like even it is, but it's just in it's Enter just, the Dragon. It's just crazy. He goes out for his... gro- groceries and comes back, wife's dead. That it just seemed too easy for them to get to the wife, is what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say. I guess I and I understand that, but like I think it's just because it is a confirm. Like even in Enter the Dragon, they immediately write off guns as not an option. Like pretty early on, with the simplest, just like, mm-hmm. oh, what? It, why can't we just take a gun and go shoot him? It's like, oh, he doesn't allow guns because this one time someone tried to kill him. So now there's just no guns on the island whatsoever. So fight, right? <laughs> sort of. A yeah, I get it. I, again. It wasn't even so much like, do they have guns or not? Even though I think they would have had guns. It's, I still think they just got to the wife too easy. Was my only complaint about that. But otherwise, yeah, great sequence still overall. And then watching his dad avenge his mother's death, and then sending him on a mission eventually to go take care of the last people that killed his mother. I mean, all great. That shit. That yeah, you're right. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie because he's just. Bring his nine-year-old on to like, okay, let me show you why I'm feared. Why? Well, there's like not even small talk. He just walks right up. Also, you see this other guy go flying into the wall, cuts the table in half, and then just starts just knocking the shit. One guy goes through a window immediately, and they're probably several stories up. Just, yeah, just starts knocking the shit out of people. Just fucking mercs all of them. Mm -hmm. And then just like after he's done killing people, goes up to his son and is like, I need your help. He talks about blood debts and be like, will you help me? And he's like, yes. And then that's the day his training started. Which I mean, honestly, like, again, for like the, an origin movie, as much as, I mean, I'm, I understand. I hear a lot of people saying like, oh, we hate the origin movies. Like all the origin movies are like, people think they're boring, but I love an origin movie. In this movie, I really loved how well they really were able to flesh out the villain. Like, because it was all about family. So it's not like you're trying to flesh out some completely unrelated stuff. It all actually blends and bleeds in together in a really nice way that makes everyone in the main cast feel very fleshed out by the end of the movie with a rich backstory. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I just, as far as like origin movies really work for me. This, so this movie hits super, that. Super but... smart choice by the writers in my book. Like super smart choice to do that. Cause yeah, if we followed, I mean, we're still following, but if it was strictly around 
only Shang Shang Chi. It just it wouldn't have had the same impact that it had. Well, like or just being making the villain like some like how the MC is like this is just some random person, and we yeah. have to fill in their backstory and how it connects to you or vice versa. But usually they're somewhat disconnected, but connected by a thread. But the fact that you're all family, you're filling in everyone's backstory anytime you're filling you're focusing on another character. Well, let's speaking of other characters, let's talk about his sister for a little bit. What do you think of her character? Uh, one fucking classic, like almost like sci-fi or, you know, like, it's just a classic trope that, you know, like, oh, I'm looking for my, si-, you know, like this is the person I'm looking for. Uh, we don't know who that is. Um, but the next person you fight, that's the person you're looking for, you know? Yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw like the shadow, I'm like, oh, God, that's a sister guarantee. Yeah. There's actually like even a scene in Altered Carbon, which is, uh, the- thematically sci-fi cyberpunk but does the exact same thing but it's also interesting because cyberpunk is very influenced by like eastern mythology too I, lo- I love that whole scene though I thought that was the second we walk into the uh, the underground fighting arena well underground 20 stories up <laughs> well right yeah yeah underground but you know in a building but I thought that was cool because there's a lot of interesting easter eggs like you're walking past all these windows where they like uh, stream smaller fights for money on the they say the dark web i mean we see a lot of random fighters but we see like somebody hopped up on the iron man 3 drug that turns you into like a red like explosive monster mm-hmm. um you know and then you get to see wong from doctor strange fight the abomination from edward norton's the incredible hulk which we have not seen that character since that movie yeah not since so it is kind of cool that they brought it back it's a very small like it's funny but it's also like hey remember like this character's still here i liked seeing long it was fun seeing him again but yeah it was awesome seeing the abomination hey again it's been what 2008 2009 since we've seen him or yeah it was right after i think it was the second movie after iron man it was yeah i think it was 2000 anyway it's been over a decade since we've seen his character and i yeah i thought that was great seeing him again love that it's nice to know he's still out I just there. love the whole setup of that place. It just looked really cool. And yeah, he fights his sister. Yeah, he's obviously doesn't want to fight because he knows who she is, so he doesn't want to fight her. Eventually, though, you know, that ends. Get taken to the back. Talk. He's like, let's know why he's here. I liked her character overall, though. She kind of reminded me of a Splinter from the Ninja Turtle movie. Because <laughs> she learned <laughs> to fight by watching others and just mimicking them. Oh, jeez. I, I, I get what you're talking about. Mimicking his movements from my cage and learning the mysterious art of ninjutsu. <laughs> well, yeah, because, yeah, I think she's, she, I think it's uh, her in a conversation with Katie. She talks, she mentions it. She's like, they, you know, they didn't teach me how to fight, but I would just watch and then on my own practice till I got really good, really good. And I, it, I don't know why Splinter. Mimic his movements from my cage. That was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I get. I know. I know what you're talking about. Didn't cross my mind, but I know what you're talking about. But yeah, no, I liked her character. Like she was very cool. Um, especially when, you know, when they're there after they do their talk, the ten rings attack. And that's where we get the sweet set piece on, like the fight on the scaffolding outside. Well, even before. I don't know. I guess this was after the scalping. So yeah, continue. Sorry. But no, the scaffolding fight, like I said, I love because it was just like 
a lot of swinging and like doing like some fun kicks and just that's when they I really got the using the environment as a weapon uh like Jackie Chan vibes which but it was a sweet set piece overall like and then you see the the sister jump in there and start kicking ass too mm-hmm. and see them fight and like help cool each cinematography out. during all that too with the cameras going around yeah it was it was it's hard to describe because there was a lot of swing a lot of like elevation changes so what's the name of the character that's in all blue with the white mask is that death dealer death dealer yeah yeah i think it's death dealer he was a cool character and i love the hand-to-hand combat uh, when he's trying to escape he's got the uh, the pendant and he's trying to escape he's about to go hit the helicopter get you know shang chi stops him then they have some awesome hand-to-hand combat right there yeah, uh, that that stuff was just great. And Which, for, and you know, Sean's about to kill him, and then his dad shows up. You know, with which rings. honestly, I also really enjoy that aspect. It was like, yeah, he's a hardened like he was a hardened killer, essentially brought up that way. So like, he's not trying to subdue him. Like that's one thing that I especially noticed when he's fighting Death Dealer when he's trying to get with the pen is like, he is straight up trying to kill this guy. Like no questions asked. Like he is trying to stab him in the face or just like impale him with like his dagger, which I thought was actually kind of cool. Cause you don't really get that a lot in the MCU. No one's really trying to kill people in the MCU. Yeah. But also I loved how when like the death dealer actually shows up, cause you know, we get this large convoluted fight happening on the scaffolding. And then he just shows up, like blows open like the window right next to um, the sister, I think. And then he's just like immediately just like grabs the pendant, rips it off of her, pushes her off. And he's like, and then like, okay, we're done. We're leaving now. You know, just very matter of fact, like just instantaneous almost. Mm -hmm. But, and then, yeah, them fighting in that, like almost like that neon, like, in the broken building, like with that neon sign in the back, is very yeah. like visually appealing. That gave me Skyfall vibes right there. That's what it was. I was thinking Mission Impossible, but you're right. It was Skyfall. Skyfall, yeah. <laughs> Maybe but, a little bit of I mean, Blade Runner too. <laughs> you know, to having that whole fi- the whole uh fight end with him about to kill Death Dealer and then his dad shows up. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> you can't do that. But I'm like, man, that would have been kind of cool to see him just fucking murder a guy. Because mm-hmm. all the implied killing that he did before that happened off of screen. But it would have been pretty cool to just see him murder a person. Yeah. But they don't let you do it on the MCU, but I appreciate that the intent was there. The intent's there, yeah. I know. How awesome would that have been to see him just stab him? That's why I love the uh, new suicide squad all the violence it's just glorious just get to see them kill people <laughs> oh yeah and like of course realistically that's what you would do i'm and i'm so glad i saw that for a second time on the big screen it was definitely worth it yeah i mean and then just moving on to like his dad pretty much revealing he's like oh my whole big plan is your mother who is dead is calling out to me and she's trapped in her old village. So his whole like evil plan is like, I'm just going to go to the village and ask them to release your mother. And then if they don't, we're just going to destroy it. 
Yeah. And I, I thought overall, I mean, his motivation is I want to see my wife again. She's been dead for a decade. I hear her calling out to me. I, I yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, we're just going to go there. We're going to set her free. If they refuse, yeah, then we're going to threaten and burning their village down. You know, if they don't let us free her, she's they, they're, she, well, he thinks they're, they're keeping her behind this gate. And I thought what well, made for a cool, I guess, uh, fantasy baddie was you've got these soul suckers behind the gate pretending to calling out to all these other they said that what has it been like years they've been calling out to other people that have been tried like as other people to try and come and save them and right essentially to release them by tricking them giving like telling them like what's behind this is like that person's greatest like desire and which is also endearing that they say that and while this guy who's known for like ruling with an iron fist for a thousand years, his greatest desire is to see his wife again, you know, yeah. still very like humanistic. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought he had good motivation. He's like, I want to see my wife again. You know, she was the love of my life after yeah, a thousand years. I finally found the love of my life. She was taken from me 10 years later. And now I hear her calling out to me. I want to go get my wife. She's alive. They got her behind this gate. It's time to go get her. So yeah, I, I get, I liked his motivation. I thought it was very Oh, that was good uh yeah which you know leads to that final scene i think as far as action scenes go my least favorite one was the garage chase that was just meh yeah i, I guess before we move on to the end here we did see an, another character from a past mcu film that we haven't seen in a while that was fun to see again ben king oh. please. Trevor. what trevor, trevor. yeah trevor, trevor. <laughs> That Iron a, Man 3, the man that, who impersonated the Mandarin. Yeah, gosh, that caught me off guard. I, that, was a, that was a great reveal. I mean, uh, I do like his whole backstory because he's like, yeah, I impersonated the Mandarin. Um, the real Mandarin broke me out of prison so he could murder me. And then I started doing like my Hamlet impression. Then he's like, and then they just locked me in this dungeon and I do shows for the guards because <laughs> they essentially thought that was better suffering than just murdering him i think one of the parts i have you cracking up too is when he was like i got into acting because i was influenced by the apes playing the ape how they get on those horses and ride it was just so marvelous yeah i mean he did have a lot of good comedy i sure. i did appreciate his character because he's just like some gonzo character i mean i'll even love like the, he has this little like mystical creature that was from like the village Mm-hmm. where his mother like uh shang chi's mother grew up and he's just like oh my god you can see him i thought i was make believe this entire time that's pretty funny yeah and they didn't overuse him once we got to the village he was kind of forgotten about till the end when he's fake and dead but yeah, yeah he, they just kind of like panned over to him which i was kind of glad because he could have been the one that got really annoying if we kept going back to him for one-liners and stuff like that he served his purpose. He was good. But yeah, what, so I did. Lo- I just love everything about this village. How, yeah, you got to go through a maze of, you know, although the bamboo forest to get there. Mm-hmm. Just the visuals are just so cool. Um, yeah, what'd you think of the ending? Honestly, yeah, the ending. I did really like it. I mean, for fuck's sake, we get to see a full-blown like mystical dragon, which was badass. We also got to see this full-blown nightmare like Lovecraftian creature, which was also pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it did, again, it really like they 
the threat was mystical, not necessarily galactic, but mystical, you know, and it turned very fantasy during this last act. And what I, I love that, like, again, I love mythology. So leaning into like, obviously like dragons are huge in Chinese, Japanese mythology. So it's very cool to see that. Um, not really sure what the nightmare creature is supposed to be. Um, but it, I, I love that. And I do like how, you know, it just, yeah, like this, like their village, like exists outside of reality or I forgot exactly how they explain kind of it. Me of Wakanda a little bit. Kind of, but a little bit more like multiversey almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, kind of, but like, yeah, they're just like this whole village, their whole deal is like when people try and open that gate, they fight to protect it. You know, so I really liked how they have all these cool, like, you know, like they really treat it. I don't know, just like they've treated very seriously. Like, I love how they're like, yeah, from our protector, what they gave us are dragon scales to fight with. So they make dragon scale armor and weapons, mm-hmm. which is always cool. I don't know a time when somebody has dragon scale armor that it isn't cool, <laughs> you know. Um, but I really love that. And again, I like how they. Cl- like still use classic like they they're enhanced like classic weapons like a bow staff or arrows but they use them you know with that extra mystical energy which is just i don't know it really works for me yeah i mean again everything is no guns hand-to-hand combat based kind of stuff whether it's daggers on a string or whatever good stuff though but yeah i love bell fight yeah and i think overall the ending was pretty satisfying i mean you got these soul suckers and what they just the visuals of them sucking souls out of bodies was pretty cool feeding their like i guess the mother if you will yeah the only thing that really bummed me out is like you know because uh as what uh as the mandarin or their dad is trying to bust the door open and slowly these creatures start leaking out um the first per- one of the first people to die is Death Dealer, and he just dies like immediately. And I'm like, damn, I was really hoping for some sort of final bout with either Shang-Chi or so- some type of final yeah. fight where somebody kills him. But no, he just kind of dies. Or save him for later. Or save him for later. All right, we'll but get into that again, spoiler it's a character that you could possibly the road. reassign. Like, this is just uh, an elite uh warrior that you have more than one of well and based on what we saw after credits too yeah save him for later i want to see him again yeah so hopefully they bring back another death dealer because the mask was sweet the fighting was great um but he immediately dies when like the first demon gets out yeah just gets his soul sucked right out of him yeah overall like the dragon stuff you know dragon versus dragon i thought that stuff was great so i gotta say so i I went and saw this again in 3D today. Did and, you really? Yeah, I did. And a lot of that looked really good in 3D. I think there's some some areas where 3D definitely enhanced it. I love the sequence between the parents fighting. That was beautiful enough already in 2D. It looked even better in 3D. The stuff at the end of Dragon versus Dragon, that stuff looked really good in 3D. And yeah, so I'd say overall it helped enhance it. Didn't help enhance the story, but definitely some of the fight sequences look pretty sweet in 3D. Nice. So yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I kind of want to see it again in 3D. Yeah, why not? Nice. So, yeah. well, that's cool. So, I didn't know that. And yeah, it's now school's back in session, so there were no kids in the theater either. It was five adults, and that was it. 
Nice. Which was amazing. <laughs> I mean, we still had a pretty good audience. There was a kid that kept saying stuff during the trailers, like, wow, that looks great. But honestly, during the movie, I'm like, I didn't hear him like make weird comments. Yeah, I was getting worried when he was talking during the uh, previews. Ah, that new Jackass movie. I want to see that. Too young. Honestly, yeah, the, the ending turns into a big CGI fest like it usually does in MCUs, which was like, oh, yeah, okay. But like it didn't really ruin the movie. Like it's still cool. That? It just I like I could have it got a little bit like too busy towards the end. And I'm like, okay, maybe scale it back a little bit. Yeah. But honestly, the dragon looked really good. The monsters looked really good. Him against his the, dad was pretty good. The environments were really good, and how everything ended like the after his dad finally figured out that he got fucking duped, like. And you know, you see the final like showdown between him and his dad was them fighting and Shang-Chi like slowly, like eventually accumulating more of the rings under his control until the dad just kind of well, the dad gets taken by the giant nightmare creature and then he gives the rings to his son. That was a good moment, I thought. The nightmare creature sucking his dad's soul out. He knows he's about to die, and you had to see him pass the rings on and kind of just that last eye contact look back and forth between him before his dad's officially dead. I liked all that. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Again, uh, like you, it, I, I really loved his dad as the villain. Like you, it was sympathetic. Like you can understand his entire motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we talk the end credit scene? So we got we have one where they're um, examining the rings. That was a pretty funny sequence too. When Wong comes into the bar and is like, "Come with me," yeah, and their okay, friends are on. like, "What?" I like how they are you trying to mock me? I know, look, I know what I said a couple weeks ago, but come on, you don't have to tell me this bullshit story. Yeah, and <laughs> that I'm was just funny. Doctor Strange portal opens up. It's like, "Hey guys, you got to come with us," and then boom, gets into a room where Wong is talking to Shang Chi uh katie and then bruce banner and captain marvel are there on hollow examining the rings yeah like hmm what is it what are these mystical things which do you think there's gonna be some connection to the rings and eternals i don't know i'm really not sure because like yeah we saw an eternals trailer which kind of like said i feel like there's gonna be a connection where the eternals characters uh deliver the rings to earth Possibly, because they said that the Eternals had been on Earth for 6,000 years. His dad was about 1,000 years old. But mm-hmm. then again, they said the rings were earlier. You know, So they might have just been an artifact that they brought with them. Yeah. So we'll I see. We'll see. The Eternals is up next, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they mentioned them. Because they I, specifically say that the rings are older than 1,000 years. I love that very last scene of after credits, the end credits scene with his sister. Because she was like, well, I'm going to go shut down dad's operations and things like that. And then she's like, well, you know what? Instead of shutting it down, how about I train even more people? How about I to be my elite assassins? Keep, keep the operation going. And now it's mine. Like this empire that my dad built is now mine. Wait. Which I love that. Essentially her taking the spot in the... Ten, I don't know if it's still going to be called... Still the Ten Rings. Well, and who she's knows? It's going to still be, a... be called the Mandarin or anything, but I do love that she just takes over the organization because that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, like, she helped them out. You know, they came together. 
at the end because they had to. But again, like she has, they establish she has deep resentment for Shang-Chi because he essentially runs away from his father and never comes back for his sister. So she kind of just developed like a hard personality after that. I mean, and we'll see. She won't necessarily use the organization for evil either. We don't know that. I feel like it was heavily implied, but we technically do not know. Yeah, we could see him team up later. Who knows? But yeah, she'll be in charge of the organization. But yeah, hey, you know, the organization is there. You know, if you shut it down, you're going to, that's a lot of people unemployed. So might as well keep it going. <laughs> might as well keep the power. <laughs> But I thought that was great sitting her on the, seeing her on the throne, and then we get the cut to outside, and they're kind of making a paint, repainting it, and making it look like her underground fight arena that we saw earlier. That was that was good, you stuff. know. And I could see her having a lot of contact with the power broker uh, from Fa- Falcon and Winter Soldier, like the mm-hmm. TV show, uh, whatever. Not Peggy Carter, but what was her name? I don't remember. I don't know. But essentially, like Peggy Cotter's niece, I think, or great niece or great granddaughter. I don't remember. But like the girl who's from like Captain America 2, like becomes a power broker. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them having a lot of underground interactions. They both work in the shadows. So oh, you're talking about the blonde girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see that coming into play in the mainline MCU. Maybe. Yeah, she might make a good villain, though. Maybe. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, yeah, I think that uh, about wraps up our review for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Overall, I was pretty impressed with it. It's definitely up there, definitely up there in the top half of Marvel movies for sure. I don't know if this is like top five for me, if not quite breaks that, but it, it's definitely up there. It's definitely good. I, again, I, I just loved everything from it just, it was an MC movie. They didn't feel like an MC movie per se great fight choreography great just landscapes and things like that like just everything cinematography good stuff highly enjoyable and definitely has some good rewatchability i mean again i've seen it twice this week yeah i'd say go check it out for sure i'm in agreement i really enjoyed it had a lot of fun i might go see it again i don't know if i will before it hits disney plus but if especially if it's like Just cost seated, money, then I'll probably see it again in theaters. Well, I went to tight. It was only like nine fifty to see in three D because it's tightwad Tuesday today. Oh, nice! God, it was so nice. No kids or anything around. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes Chong Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And I, I got to say, great way to start off the fall. Let's hope we get more good stuff like this throughout the fall. I hope so. But now I'm looking forward to Eternals even more. Yeah, and especially with the, seeing the new trailer, I'm like, okay, this actually looks yes, like it might be the new a trailer actually different. sells me. The first one, I was like, eh, maybe the, the new trailer does make it look a lot better. All righty, well, where can they find us, Daniel? They can find us online on movies underscore Bruce on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you think. It because it's great. Thanks everyone for downloading the show. If you like it, share it with others, and we'll talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers! Cheers.